Welcome to Soul Rising. We're your hosts, Amy and Erin. We're two everyday mediums who are passionate about taking the woo-woo out of spirituality and bringing it down to earth. So put the kettle on, grab a chair, and join us. Welcome back to episode 48. 48. 48. Here we go. And happy Halloween. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's true. This is airing um, the weekend, a couple days before Halloween. So happy Halloween Halloween to you. Yeah. Yes. Happy Halloween. Happy spooky season. I mean, I feel like, Amy, for you and I, it's always spooky season. Yeah. 24 7. (laughs) Spooky season. 365. I love that we both have, like, you're wearing free spirit and I'm wearing the little sun and moon. So we're both both in the vibe of that. Yeah. I was like, it's time. We're bringing out the ghost sweater. (laughs) Um, And we are talking about the history of Halloween today. I don't think we've done that, have we? Mm-mm. So this was exciting. I also, just as a sidebar, I really love that we're doing these like, I hope our listeners enjoy it too, because I really enjoy diving into the history and like looking really in deep into some of these things that I have probably had never heard of or any idea of. So I hope everybody else is like enjoying it. I've had some feedback that they uh, people are enjoying um, the topics. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Great. Okay, so we're going to talk about the history of Halloween. So everybody buckle up. There's a lot here. Um, so I also had to just like uh, kind of dip into it just a little bit um, because as with a lot of some of this stuff, you go into a rabbit hole um, and it sends you down one one path. So, um, and I'm reading um, from uh, something that I've written up. So um, I also will be kind of glancing um, at a screen. Hang on. Can I do this? Yeah, it's a little easier. Um, Okay. So the history of Halloween. Uh, And my sources are Canadian Encyclopedia uh, History.com and uh, Wikipedia as well. Um, So we felt it was appropriate to talk about Halloween because we are in Halloween season. Happy Halloween. Um, This is uh, taken more from a Western view of Halloween. Um, and if you are like Amy and I and love the spirit of Halloween, I think you will find the history of it just as interesting. Um, okay, so come on with me on my on our broomsticks as we travel back to ancient Celtic, ta- Celtic times. Hello to my ancestors and our ancestors, Amy. Um, right? I think we both have Celtic, uh, Scottish, Irish roots. Um, Halloween is said to originate from the Celtic festival Samhain, Samhain, which actually is pronounced, uh, which is a Gaelic word pronounced Samhain or Sowin. There were two different pronunciations on two different sites. So somebody, if you <laughs> know the exact pronunciation, please let me know. Uh, Samhain. Do you remember? Is it Samhain? I, I just heard other people when I, like, when I hear them talk, say Samhain, but I don't know if that's just, yeah, if that's actual or not. I don't, I don't know either. There, like I said, I saw two different sites. They had two different, like, uh, pronunciations. So if anybody out there speaks Gaelic, actually, I should talk to uh, <laughs> this woman that cut my hair because she is uh, Irish and speaks a bit of Gaelic. 
so maybe she wouldn't know. Um, but Samhain is said to be celebrated, uh, is a celebration that lasted three days and three nights and was a time that is said to be when the veil between the living and the dead are at its thinnest. Um, an interesting fun fact is that there was also an aspect of Halloween where thrones were prepared for commanders of soldiers and anybody who committed a crime or used weapons during the celebration faced a death sentence. So the Celtics were seriously into Samhain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Amy, do you find that anything is different when you give readings around this time? Do you feel like the veil is thinner? It's funny that you asked that because I was thinking about that in my head when you were talking, of course. Um, for me, it's interesting because a lot of people will use that term, the veil is thinner. For me, I don't believe it is in, in the sense that I believe that 24 7 365 the spirit world is like here I, I I'm starting to believe that here and there are the same place <laughs> in some way and that we it's just our perception so when somebody says a veil I don't actually see it as like a physical veil that's thinning and all of a sudden the spirits are closer to us I feel like maybe it's more of the um some sort of um, I don't know what it, it's almost like we open up a bit more yeah. to perceiving it. So the veil is more about us than a physical barrier. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I feel the exact same way. I, I feel like collectively we're all in this kind of same headspace a little bit. Um, and I know there are, there are people that actually do believe that, but I just think it's like energetically. I personally, um, I think that it is then because we've kind of created it that way. I was going to say, because thought creates. So if we're all, if there's this belief, oh, it's spooky season, it's Halloween, the veil's thinner. Maybe all of a sudden, because of that awareness, that belief, we're noticing things that we wouldn't notice any other time of the year. But for us as working mediums, we know that we can connect any time of the year, right? Yeah. So I think that's part of it too. I would agree. I think spirit is here with us constantly. And I think it's just about perception. It's not, a, it's not behind some veil for me. It's no. right here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Celtics definitely believed the veil was thin as well. Um, and in an effort to keep their children safe, the people would prepare offerings to leave outside their door to keep the fairies away. Um, they would also dress as animals or monsters, um, to keep fairies and the bad spirits away as well. Um, also, this sent me down a rabbit hole because I remember hearing about fairy folklore, which is actually really interesting when you look more into it. So maybe we can do another future podcast on that. Um, but if you look into the folklore surrounding fairies, there also was a fear that they would kidnap children. Um, and in fact, there are actual cases in the 1800s in Ireland. Uh, I think there was one case where um, they... Uh, accused fairies of stealing children uh, or of stealing a child when in actuality it was like somebody in the community. Erin, do you know what this reminds me of? A book that you recommended to me, The Lighthouse Witches. It does. Yeah, because they talk about that. Yes, they do. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, that's that book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good read suggestion if you're interested, so good. guys. So good. And she also has another book coming out, which I pre-ordered, which should be should be here soon. Oh, amazing. I'm going to have to pre-order it too, because I really like it. The Lighthouse Witches, Witches, guys. Yeah. Yeah. She's a great author. I'm forgetting her name now and I'm so sorry to her. Uh, but she's, yeah, she's great. Um, okay. 
The Celts celebrated their new year on November 1st, actually, and it was known as the end of summer and harvest, and it was most associated with death. And I think we still, Amy, like we still talk about this uh, metaphorically too, um, with winter as you know, that death, that renewal, right? That everything is in hibernation or things are changing. Yeah. I think we still talk about that today. Um, and on October 31st was when the ghosts would return to earth. Um, and so again, people would dress up in costumes. They would dance around these huge bonfires. Um, they would also, I think this goes to, um, talks about paganism as well. They would sacrifice animals to the gods and goddesses, and they would tell each other's fortunes, which is really interesting. Um, so this was because they believed it was the best time to make predictions because the veil was thin. Yeah. By 43 AD, Romans had invaded the land uh, that the Celtics occupied. Uh, the Romans merged uh, their beliefs with that of Celtic beliefs. So here we see uh, Christianity really coming in and again taking, yeah, uh, coming into play. And we talked about that at the on the last podcast um, as well when we saw uh, talked about witch hysteria. Mm -hmm. They merged their beliefs together. So one of which was called Pomona goddess of fruit and trees uh her symbol was an apple and this is why historians believe uh is why we bob for apples amazing this might be off topic but i wonder if that has any connection with the apple you know the garden of eden maybe that's why they also kept it because they were like apples christianity garden of eden we'll keep it <laughs> maybe yeah 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 if anybody knows let us know we'd love to yeah know. somebody somebody let us know um, and then as we go more into the 18th century, again, with Christianity uh, coming in, uh, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st at a, as a time uh, instead to honor all saints. And so soon, uh, November 1st was known as All Saints Day, and this was woven into, Saint, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation all the time, Samhain. Samhain? It's okay. I butchered them all in the last episode, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> um, and on the website uh history.com they say it's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the celtic festival of the dead with a related church sanctioned holiday and in my notes i wrote yeah no <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah yep yep, yep. um all souls day was similar to Samhain in that they still danced around big bonfires they dressed up except i think this time they dressed up as saints um devils and angels all Saints Day was eventually called All Hallows, All Hallow Mass, and Samhain celebrated the night before October 31st would eventually be called All Hallows Eve. Um, and eventually, maybe somebody got a little lazy and we blended the two together and we got Halloween. <laughs> I like All Hall Hallows Eve better. I actually do too. It feels, I don't know, it feels more spooky. <laughs> All Hallows Eve feels a little more spooky. So when I read this, it made me think of a festival I remember seeing. I'm going to go a little bit off topic here, so I apologize. But I just think it's really interesting and I love it. Um, celebrated in other countries. Um, and there is a few, but one is called uh, Kirkuri, which is Kirkuri, which is a pagan ritual and folk festival um, said to uh, uh, banish or ward off evil spirits and remove negative energy. And they do this by wearing these beautiful elaborate costumes and dance in the streets and they celebrate this in bulgaria which is really cool um i did not put when they celebrated i think this is in february i could be totally wrong though please don't 
I, I have to look it up later. I think I remember seeing February. But then that sent me down another rabbit hole, Amy. Um, going, going off the rails here. Um, where I was like, that's not it. And it was actually because I was thinking of a festival celebrated in December. Also another pagan festival that celebrates the winter solstice. Solstice called Krampus, Krampus Luff. Um, I'm mispronouncing that and I'm sorry, um, which is a parade where people dress up in very, again, elaborate and terrifying costumes of Krampus as it means to scare away the ghosts. And for those of you that don't know, Krampus is half goat, half demon monster that punishes children around Christmas for misbehaving. Um, he is basically like Santa's evil brother. <laughs> Okay, um, Krampus was apparently part of, he's part of more um, pagan traditions and rituals. Uh, Krampus is said to either, this is a little dark, please do make sure there are no children around, uh, beat children with a stick, eat them, or take them to hell. So one of those. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so if yeah. you really want to scare your kids, they would no. be like, oh, Krampus <laughs> is going to come and eat you if you're not good. Do you want gifts from Santa or do you want to be eaten and taken to hell? I'm glad that we, that we here just use coal because that's, that's a lot better than that. They, they were like, somebody was like, that's a little aggressive. Let's just tone it down. <laughs> okay, but we will save Krampus. Maybe we'll talk about it at Christmas for another day because that's also really that's cool. cool folklore. Well, we're going to do a whole episode on winter solstice. We've already got a plan. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And then we'll sneak in the evil half goat person. Yeah. <laughs> half goat Krampus in there. Um, okay. There is a movie actually about Krampus. It's not great, but if you guys are interested. You really? What's it called? Krampus. Okay. Yeah. It's a scary Christmas movie. I think I've seen it. I, like, I know this word is familiar to me. You probably did. It, I think it's with that guy from Parks and Recs. What's his name? Ugh, I forget. Is it like a cartoon? Is it animated? No, no. It's a live action horror movie. Um, oh. I think it's like a comedy horror movie too. I think there's some comedic bits in it. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, if our listeners are curious, Krampus, it's out there. I think there's a few movies, but um, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to All Souls Day. Um, All Souls Day is when trick-or-treating became more of a thing. Um, only it was no, known as souling, okay, where folks with less money would visit wealthier families, they would receive these pastries, and they were called soul cakes. In exchange uh, for these cakes, they would pray for the souls of the homeowner's ancestors. Um, later, this was adapted um, and taken by children, um, and they would go around asking for gifts. As we fast forward, um, and I thought this was really cool, um, you know, Halloween costumes such as wearing disguises to ward off ghosts and offering food to appease these uh, malevolent spirits were brought to Canada and America uh, in the by the late 1800s. This is because we had a lot of Irish and Scottish immigrants uh, and, of course, English as well coming in. Um, and here's a little quiz. What year did the term trick-or-treat first arrive in Canada? And I'm going to give you some bonus points, which is a big high five if you can guess where in Canada. 
So what year did trick or, the term come to Canada and where, if you can? I don't, um, are we in the early 1900s? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. You're close. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like I was, I was either going like 1897 to like 1910. I don't know if it's in there. Um, I'm just guessing. Like I have no idea. Um, I don't know, but for whatever reason, I feel like we might be um, like West. Are we in the prairies somewhere? Oh my God, Amy, you're so close. Psychic Amy coming in for the win. Okay. So yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I'm guessing like, I don't you know. Are, you're very, very close. So it was 1927. That's the year my grandmother was born. Okay. Oh, hi, Grandma. That's a little Nanny, hello from her. Yeah. That too. Ninety-five in November. Let's shout out. Shout out to Nanny. Yep. Yeah. Okay, nineteen twenty-seven. I I had a feeling it was west. I just was like, I, for whatever reason, I was like Saskatchewan. This feels like a Saskatchewan thing. I don't know why. <laughs> So do we know why in Leftwork, Alberta? No, but that's just where it was first, I think, record, like, documentation of it. Okay. So it might have been happening, but, like, the first time. Okay. Yeah. And then I think which the other interesting thing that I saw, too, and I can't remember the exact details, but there's also some people that believe that Disney actually also popularized trick-or-treating, I think more so in, like, the, the 50s. Yes. Um, but there, there's that because I think they like did something with it, and I think it became a little bit more more popular. I'm gonna ask my grandmother if she remembers trick or treating as a child. So she grew up in Northern Ontario. So we'll see if this like was this a thing back in the 1930s, or did Disney actually popularize it in the 1950s? Like that'd be cool to ask her. So I will ask her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too to that was that was really interesting is like they would uh, kids would like the term trick or treating like kids would actually perform um, like they would read poems or they would do like little tricks um, in order to get like. Um, like I think there was like some coins or like small tokens or like cakes. Um, and then as we go into like the great, like the depression, uh, in the 1920s, we started to see a little bit more mayhem with it, uh, where the tricks got, uh, aggressive. So it was more like, do you want me to vandalize your house? Or are you going to give me food? Ah, okay. Which kind of, I mean, makes sense. You know, people were, it was a really rough, rough, rough time, uh, for everybody. I wonder if that's how toilet papering a house came about. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, they did something. They did something. Okay. And then this one was really cool. This is about jack o -lanterns. Okay. So I have another quiz for you. Okay. But this time you can pick from A, B, or C. And, may, and our listeners can, can play along if they want to, too. Okay. Why do we carve, carve jack-o'-lanterns? Is it A to keep the oogie boogie man away b to bring good luck for food to last through winter c to welcome the good spirits of jack in i don't i don't know two b yeah was it okay yeah uh, so originally <laughs> they would put these and it wasn't like pumpkins i think they would be like potatoes or beets um of like uh foods that were more like native to the land um, and they would carve out, um, and it was a way to like ask for good fortune because they were, of course, like bringing in something, 
offering something and they were like, yeah, they were saving the food that they had pulled from that harvest for the winter. So they were hoping that everything would keep well to get them through the winter time. Okay. And it was an offering. Yeah, it was an offering. And then it was also used to like keep the, the bed. So it was a little bit of a, a little bit of both, a little bit of both, except not Oogie Boogie Man from, uh, uh, the movie Nightmare Before Christmas. I was like asking for blessing, you know, like in a way. It's interesting because I'm going to, when we do our pumpkin carving, maybe, and maybe you can too, or our listeners, I'm going to set that intention as I'm yeah. doing that. Okay. Like this is like, this is our offering for you rather than just putting a pumpkin on the step to rot for a month. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's my offering for you. Offering for you. Intention, bring us some good fortune. Exactly. Like even as I was reading this, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just try to carve a potato. I'm going to try to to do that. I want to see a little candle, a tea light inside of it. Yeah, right? I I think it would be cool. But yeah, I agree. I want to try to do that, do that as well. Um, Okay, and then we have another little pop quiz. Okay, Um, I love the pop quiz. Right? I think these are kind of fun. Okay, why do we call them jack-o'-lanterns? This I did no idea about. Is it A, because a drunk man sang a song about a boy named Jack and fell on a pumpkin? B, a man named Jack sold pumpkins to the townsfolk. Or C, it's from an Irish legend called Stingy Jack. C? Yep. C. Okay. <laughs> yes, you're correct. It's from an Irish legend called Stingy Jack. Um, it's an old folk tale about a man named Stingy Jack. And the story is a little bit long, but I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, Jack basically tricked the devil into not buying his soul repeatedly, like a few attempts, um, because he wanted a drink. Um, So he tricked the devil into buying him a drink. Um, The devil was like, well, can I have your soul? And Jack was basically like, no, but come back in 10 years and you can have it. I don't know how he did that, but he tricked the devil. Um... The devil didn't end up getting Jack's soul, but when Jack died, God did not want him in heaven. Um, And neither did the devil. The devil was like, "Uh, you're not even welcome here because uh, (laughs) you played me like a fool. Um, Not about Jack. And so Jack was said to be wandering um, the night with nothing but a carved, carved turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. Um, Irish folks eventually would refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern. And then Jack o' Lantern caught on again because of was too there were too many too many words, too many syllables. syllables in Jack of the Lantern was too much. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's an interesting story. I, I had no idea. I thought that was really cool. Um That's and then cool. in Ireland and Scotland, uh, when people started to uh, well, people would make their own versions of Jack's lanterns um, as a way to like frighten him off as well, and again to ward off the evil spirits. Um, and then when we saw folks immigrating um, to the United States and as well as Canada, especially because there was the potato famine going on, so a lot that kind of brought people uh, over. Um, they brought their um, customs and traditions as well, so I think that kind of merged in with North America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because pumpkins were native to a land and they grew predominantly in North America, they started to carve pumpkins instead. Pumpkins instead of turnips and potatoes. Instead of turnips and potatoes. This is why. So I wonder if like, 
That's very cool. So I wonder if people, you know, in Scotland and Ireland, like if they also, is it always pumpkin? Like, is that the tradition or maybe other people are carving squashes and things like, I don't know. I I don't know either. Like maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's cool. Very interesting. I'm going to like go carve a squash. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm going to try to see if I can part carve, but maybe a turnip or something. But turnips are, are kind of small. They are so hard. Like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. A couple of weeks ago with Thanksgiving, I'm cutting the turnip and I'm like, my God, this is like so tough. And it takes forever to boil a turnip. I don't know. <laughs> you know boil the turnip, but it takes forever. Got to be a better way. Irish and Scots <laughs> and English folks were tough. They were tough. Yeah. I think they carved oh god was it more I think they carved turnips more in England I think it was just whatever was um indigenous to the land or whatever they could yeah, really that makes that sense. I found more um yeah and again all of these traditions are kind of coming back from pagan uh traditions pagan culture um and uh that's really it that's kind of my small little history lesson I love it um on on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoy it. Um and then I wanted to also because we were talking about witches last time. Yeah. And it made me think of I'm seeing if I can just try it on my phone, which is why I'm I'm, I'm here. Why we say witches right on broomsticks, because I remember hearing about this and I was like, oh my goodness. Um, oh boy, hang on. I'm going to just read a little bit from history.com. So I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, so the act of sweeping in ancient times was likely used uh, with bunches of thin sticks. Um, this task even showed up in the New Testament. So the word broom comes from plant or shrub. Um, from the beginning, brooms and blossoms were associated primar- primarily with women course cleaning supplies (laughs) great um despite this the first witch to confess to riding a broom or bosom was a man um who was a priest from saint germain near paris he was arrested in 1453 and tried for witchcraft after publicly criticizing the church's warning about witches um and he confessed under torture uh but that wasn't why Ah, okay. It's actually because it has roots in a pagan fertility ritual about riding a broomstick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We, our mind is going places. We, we will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not actually doing that. I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. They would like dance around it or dance around the, bro- the broomstick. It was called like the broomstick stick dance, and that's why we associate, okay. which is with flying. But I, for some reason, I thought there was like, anyways, I don't know. I digress. I really thought there was something like maybe if I looked into it a little bit more, that was a little like, like there was like an innuendo there, like some. With well, that's where my mind is gone. That it's an innuendo. I think that's kind of where it came from, but like, there's. Yeah. I wish. I wish I. I wish I remembered it a little bit more in detail, but there was a sense okay. you came from. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense for me too. Yeah, I can I can see that. <laughs> Some dude. 
Well, you know, it's funny because we talked about witchcraft in, in the last episode and, um, you know, a lot of it stemmed from the, the masculine males, the patriarchy being fearful of human, not human, female sexuality and, you know, the power because females can create and grow and nurture life. Like that's the ultimate mm-hmm. power, power, right? Power. And so I think that that has a little bit to do with that piece too, that creative, right? That, that, um, yeah. Well, on the broomstick, if it's associated with a fertility ritual, I mean, you know, there is that, that like kind of that phallic symbol. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and how it will then be turned into a more negative thing than a positive thing. thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you, Erin. That's, that was a wonderful, (laughs) Little road down, path down the history of Halloween. I liked, I loved the little, um, the little quizzes and um, learning about those things. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I hope our listeners did too. There is a lot more there. I feel like, but um, there always is. Um, but the history of anything, it's of like anything. There's so a much. rabbit hole. Yeah, there's so much information. But yeah, I did. We did learn some things. I did for sure. You probably did too when you were researching it. Absolutely, stingy Jack. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, Yeah, so thank you. Happy Halloween, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Stay spooky. (laughs) If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, and tune in each week as we dish on all things spiritual. Don't forget to like, comment on what you would like to hear us talk about next, and subscribe.